All right. Well, we're in our reset series, and we're pretty good into this series. We've uh, talked about many important things, and I just would encourage you, if you've missed a week, if you've missed a message, to go back and listen. They've, uh, we've talked about some really uh, challenging areas in their life where we may need a reset. Last week, we talked about fear, right? And so many of you have said, I needed to hear that, like that message was for me. Well, that's interesting. It was, it was for a lot of us, including myself. And today's message is, is no different. We're going to be talking about failure, about failure. And I mentioned last week, uh, I mentioned failure as one of our major fears. I mentioned that last week. But what I, I knew this last week, but I, I wanted to save it for today. Uh, what I didn't mention was that in recent polls, Failure has actually topped death as the top fear. You know, you look at a few of these, uh, these polls and they say different things based on the surveys. But uh, some people actually fear failure more than death. Somebody, uh, let me just explain to you what, what that's saying. They would rather die than to fail, right? Isn't that crazy? But that's where we are at. Well, this isn't only in America, by the way. Uh, this is where we're at in America regarding the issue of failure. So I know, based on those findings on the data, that fear, or excuse me, failure is a big issue. And so many people need a reset when it comes to the idea of failure. And, and before I get into the teaching, I just want to start off with this by saying we all fail. Okay, that's so important, and I want to start from there. I want us to start thinking about that. We all fail. Look, uh, you're not cursed if you fail. I know sometimes we feel like that. There's nothing wrong with you that isn't wrong with anyone else if you fail. You're, you're not different when it comes to failure. You see, we live in an imperfect world that is Filled with imperfect people. Now, Romans 3.23, I love this verse. Many of you know this. says this, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, what Paul is saying here is that he fell short of the glory of God. Everybody around during his time, everybody before him and everybody after him, when it's says all there, it means all, for all eternity, past, present, future. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So we, we fail because of sin. And what's interesting is that we sin because we fail. You see the relationship there? Sin and failure are synonymous with each other. I like this verse in James 3, uh, Verse number two says, we all stumble in many ways. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a little bit encouraging to me. You know, when, when I look at my life and I say, well, you know, I fell here or I stumbled there. It's encouraging to open God's word and, and read, we all stumble. And that's James, the brother of Jesus, saying we all stumble in many ways. 
Now, I want you to notice those two phrases there from the verses I read. We fall short and we stumble. What does that sound like to you? Failure. Failure. So everyone fails. We all fail. And we have to start there. But the important part is what you do in light of failure. Your response to failure is more important than failure itself, right? In other words, your response is greater than your regret, okay? I want to share with you some famous failures. I looked these up, and many of you know these already, especially if you're a teacher. You might share these with your students. Thomas Edison failed thousands. When I read that, I just I couldn't believe it. Thousands of times before successfully inventing the light bulb. Thousands. Albert Einstein failed math. Uh, Steve Jobs went through six years and hundreds of models of failure before in introducing the first iPhone. Uh, this was just one I knew from a, from a kid. Uh, Michael Jordan was cut from his high school basketball team. And, and this past week was Dr. Seuss week. And, you know, my kids got involved with that, dressing up and doing the Seuss stuff, and it's kind of cute. And I got tired of it after a while, but anyway, uh, Dr. Seuss, his first book was rejected by more than 20 different publishers. So can you imagine, those, those individuals that I listed, um, their failure was important, but what was more important was their response to failure, what they did after failure. You might say, well, that's people, right? That's people that we know about in this world. That's people like us. I read the Bible, and I'm just like, I, that's a holy book, right? That, that book is holy, and it doesn't reflect my life. I can't relate to the Bible. Well, let me just share this with you. Abraham, right? Abraham, one of the pillars of faith, the pillars of Hebrew. Uh, Abraham was promised a child, couldn't have a child with his wife Sarah, got up in age, got impatient, and had a child with his wife's servant. Talk about drama. All right? Moses. Moses, we all read about Moses, you know, the Ten Commandments guy, the, play, the parting the sea guy, the guy who stood before Pharaoh. Well, before he stood before Pharaoh, he laid hands on a man, killed him, and buried him in the sand. We read about guys like that on CNN, don't we? Anybody have that show up in a background check? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> Don't raise. <laughs> uh, David, 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 King David, the greatest king of Israel, slept with another man's wife. Had her husband killed and covered it up. Peter, one of Jesus' disciples, but actually one of Jesus' friends, best friends, besties, brothers, you could say, denied Jesus three times. Now, that's just a few. That's just the peaks, the highlights. 
the Bible from beginning to end is filled with people who failed. So guess what? If you have failed, which I'm just, that's a nice way of saying that you have. You're in pretty good company. You are in good company. But like I said, failure is important, but it's how you respond to failure. You see, you look back at those guys and how they responded to their failure. Well, you have, you know, an amazing story. So what I want to do with you, with you this morning is to share four ways that you can move forward despite failure, okay? It's going to be a short message. We're going to be taking communion together after. So first thing, and I would encourage you to write these down. Let the past stay in the past. Let the past stay in the past. Now, follow me here. People who have a fear of failing usually have that fear because of past failure. It's not because they just wake up one morning and all of a sudden they're afraid of failing. It's usually triggered to a past event where they failed. And there are so many of you right now who are holding on to past failure. You're holding on to it and you're carrying it around like a big weight. And you're trying to move and you carry that around so much that you actually feel like a failure. It sort of becomes engraved in you. It becomes a part of you. You start feeling like that is who you are. I want to set this straight this morning. That's not true at all. And that is a tactic of the enemy to keep you from becoming who God wants you to be. You see, failure describes something you did, not something you are. You see, if you're a Christian, God's Word tells us that you're a child of God. That he is your father, you see. You know, failure describes an event, not a person. Christians are children of God. Look at this verse, Philippians 3.13. How do we know? Because in God's word, it says stuff like this, brothers and sisters. Now, what do brothers and sisters usually have in common? Parent, our father. Paul starts off this way, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. What's he talking about? Paul had this amazing goal, which all of us need to have, of becoming Christ-like. Of becoming so much like Christ that he's with Christ all the time. That was Paul's goal. And he says, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, in other words, this thing that I do is pretty important. One thing I do is forgetting what is behind and straining forward to what is ahead. Now here we have Paul who from his perspective he could have looked at his past and said well I, I messed up too much. I did some bad things. I'm spent. There's no way that God could use me. Now Paul persecuted Christians. He was responsible for locking Christians up. He was responsible for the death of Christians. You see and then he had an encounter with the risen Lord, and it changed his life forever. So Paul knew he couldn't be the person God wanted him to be if he allowed his past failures to hold him back. And think about this. If you read about this in God's Word, it says that each time that Paul went to a different place, they said, isn't that Saul? 
Isn't that the guy that persecuted us? And that, Think about it. Each time he had to explain himself. Each time he had to explain his testimony about how Jesus changed him. Think about how that could have negatively impacted him. Going to a place and being talked about. But what did he say? Forget it. Forget about it. That's one of the soprano things, right? For, forget about it. Forget it. Forget what is behind. And look, the same goes for you too. The same goes for me. The same goes for us. You cannot move forward if you're always dwelling on the past. I know so many of you that just carry that around. God has something better in store for you. You see, don't let failures from your past keep you from pursuing God's plans for your future. We have to let the past stay in the past. Second thing, write this down. Learn from mistakes. Learn from mistakes. It sort of contradicts what I just said, right? But let me explain. Don't dwell on the past. You learn from it. You, you learn from past failure. Don't live in it. Learn from it. Okay? Learning from past failure can help you adjust and avoid future failure. That's just practical, right? You learn. You get smarter. You adapt. You know, God doesn't want us to fail. He doesn't. He doesn't want us to fail. But when we do, he wants us to use our failure to learn to become a better person for him to use today and tomorrow. You see, what God, what we see as failure, God sees as opportunity. We may look at something and say, well, that, you know, I failed. And throw that away. Throw that in the trash. God says, no, 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 you go get that out of the trash can and you open it up. And you use that. You use that. God gives us another chance to use our failures as his opportunities. So we learn from our mistakes and we understand that as we grow in our relationship with God, we may mess up from time to time. I don't know if you've ever heard a preacher tell you that. Maybe you have. You will mess up. Right? Are you perfect? No. You will mess up from time to time. There will be times when you fail, but that doesn't mean you're a failure. We learn through failure. Look, how many times did you fall down before you learned how to ride a bike? Seriously. It's sort of the same thing. You're going to fall down. You're going to skin your knees. You're going to continue to fail. But God wants us to learn and to grow in our relationship with him. And look, this is so important, so I want you to listen to what I'm about to say. Part of that growth occurs when we mess up and we acknowledge that we messed up before God. We take responsibility. We take ownership for our messed up, for our failure. And we go to God and say, God, we messed up. I messed up. I need you. I need your help. When we seek forgiveness from God and we seek restoration, that's beautiful. Look at this First John 1 John 1.9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins, and purify us from all unrighteousness. You see, failure isn't just something in the past, but it is something that we face indefinitely. We will all fail, but here's the great thing. God is always faithful. He never fails. 
He is always faithful. So despite our failure, when we go to God, he is faithful. He will forgive. He will purify. So we need to constantly be learning from our past mistakes and constantly going to God for forgiveness, for purification. If anything, just to humble ourselves and say, I messed up. And through that process, he shapes us, he molds us. For some, he chisels us into the person he wants us to be. And he sends us out wiser, stronger, better, more prepared to do what he's called us to do, you see. Third thing, share your, faith with, uh, share your failure with others. You should share your faith, right? Share your failure with others. Here's what I know. Failure is embarrassing, isn't it? Sometimes it's really embarrassing, depending on what you did. You know, for many, many of us, our past is something that we avoid talking about at all costs. Do you ever go you know, over to your families during the holidays? and you're, Oh, you remember that time? You're like, shut up. <laughs> no, I don't remember that. You're crazy. You know... Or you, you say, don't go there. Don't go. You get so mad, you, say, you, you tell them, don't go there. Don't bring that up. It's embarrassing. Let me, let me challenge you. Okay? Go there. Be willing to go there. Be willing to share failure with others. Why? I'll give you two reasons. They're not up here but you can remember them. First of all, when we share our failure, it's an opportunity to glorify Christ. You see, we don't want to share failure because it makes us look bad. But actually, when we share our failure, it's an opportunity to make God look good. You see, it's an opportunity to glorify Christ because if you do this the right way, if you go to God and say, God, I messed up, and he forgives you and sends you back out, when you share your failure, it's an opportunity for you to tell others about the grace found in God. How good is that? Look at 2 Corinthians 12, 9. But he said to me, this is Paul quoting a conversation that he had with the Lord. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. So Paul says this, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. You see what Paul's doing here? You see what he's saying that he's doing? He's talking about weaknesses. Aren't failures moments of weakness? You think about it. We really don't like talking about our weaknesses either. We want to talk about our strengths, what we do well. What we overcome, what we don't struggle with. We don't like talking about our struggles. We don't like talking about our weaknesses. We don't like it, but when we do, it gives us an opportunity to talk about whose strength? Christ's strength. God's strength. So it's an opportunity to glorify Christ when we talk about our failure. Secondly... Along those lines, we need to share our failure because our mistakes can be used for the good of someone else. 
our mistakes can be used for the good of someone else. Did you know that? A mess up that you did a long time ago, a mess up that you did last week, God can use to help someone else. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. Praise be to God, to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. A lot of comfort in that, <laughs> right? Let me explain this to you, what this is saying here. This verse said that, says that God comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort others in their troubles. Isn't that remarkable? Isn't that amazing? You know, many times, and you can attest to this, many times God places people in our past that are struggling with things that you've already been through that you are familiar with, that you know all about, that you went through one season many, many years ago, and you're wondering, why did I go through this? Bam! Because somebody else is going through it, and you can help them out. You understand? You know, when I look at pastors and I look at preachers, I did this early on, and I saw some that seemed to be almost perfect. You know, and it intimidated me. For a long time, it kept me from stepping into this, right? You know, I look at those people, and I respect that. I respect people who are like that, right? But I can't relate to people that are like that. I can't relate to that because I look, and I see so much distance. I don't see very much in common with that. Um, I've been open with you about my past, about my struggles, about my failures, you know, I made so many stupid mistakes, did so many terrible things, made terrible choices, brought dishonor to the name of my Lord. But you know what? In His grace, I moved beyond that. I've been able to share God's grace and my failure with several people who said, you have no idea how much I relate to that. You have no idea how much that has helped me. And I'm going through the same thing right now. You see, so many people who, whatever denomination they're a part of, have written them off because of choices they've made. Are you kidding me? That's not my God. You know, what, what is your failure? Whether you know it or not, your failure is part of your story. Hey, your failure is part of God's bigger story through you. So use your story to honor Christ and to help others. Very simple. God can turn your failure into his fruit. He can turn your mess into his message. Okay? Let's be willing to share how we've experienced God's grace to others. Let's be open about that. We are imperfect people, but we serve a perfect Savior. So let's allow Him to use us. Finally, get back up and keep trying. Now, this is just old-fashioned pep talk here. Get back up. Keep trying. Last night, my wife and I, we watched the new Rocky movie, you know, the Creed 2. Oh, man, 
I love Rocky movies. The, the older ones are better, right? Back when I had hair, when I was in, uh, I had hair, okay, a long time, long time ago. But when I was in middle school, I, people always called me the, the Russian off Rocky, you know, because I had a flat top. Remember when flat tops were in? All right, never mind. The Rocky movies, I loved them. I loved them because I could relate to that because it felt like I was beat down a lot. Felt like I had difficulty, experienced difficulty a lot. Challenging, right? Pain. What, what I loved about Rocky is every time he got knocked down, he got up. Every time he lost a fight, you're like, Rocky lost? He fought again. You know, every time he had a setback, he, he literally took two steps forward. And I, I love that. Look, as we've already discussed, everyone fails, but it's what you do after failure that's important. Just because you fail doesn't mean you, you are a failure. You get back up. You keep trying because you have a God who wants you to get up. You have a God that doesn't want you to stay where you're at. You have a God that doesn't want you to stay down. You have a God that wants you to get up. Proverbs 24, 16, I love this. For though the righteous fall seven times, that doesn't mean if you fall eight, you're out. It's just a way of saying, you know, no matter how many times you fall. For though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. But the wicked stumble when calamity strikes. You know, no matter how many times you fall, you get back up. You get back up. Don't live in your failure. The enemy, look at, listen, listen, please. The enemy wants you to stay down. I hope you understand that. The enemy wants you to stay in your current position of pity on yourself, of failure. Because he knows how strong you'll be if you get up. He knows that. God wants you to get up, to move beyond failure, to march on to be who he's called you to be. Now, we have a loving father. We have a forgiving father, a father who knows intimately what we're going through, who knows our lives, who knows our struggles, who knows our weaknesses. A father who is there for us when we mess up. Father who looked at our failure and loved us so much that he did something about our failure that would impact us forever. He sent his son Jesus to die for our greatest failure, you see. He paid for our sins so that we could be free. Hebrews 8.12 For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. No more. If God isn't carrying your sin around, why are you?
If God doesn't remember your sin, why do you? You know, based on what Christ did on the cross, failure shouldn't be an issue for us. Because he paid for it. And when we look at our failure and we think, man, I just, I can't get over that. I know you don't mean this, but what you're really saying is that this isn't good enough. You're really saying that my failure is greater than the Son of God. I know you don't mean that. So let's move beyond that. Just like last week, so many of you said this helped you. I had planned on doing this anyway. I want you to write your failure down. Write it down. If there's one, write it down. If you have several, write it down. If you're like, Man, I don't really know, that's okay. Just write the word failure down. I know some of you are struggling with this, just like you were with fear. I know some of you have a past, and man, you just think, there's no way God could use me. There's no way God could allow me to glorify him after this. Well, you're wrong. You see, the cross tells us otherwise. So I want you to write your failure down and cross it out with a cross. Because of Jesus, for those who believe in him, our failure doesn't define us. Our faith in our Lord does. He is the one that died for our failure so that we could live in his victory and not in our defeat. You see, when you step into this, when you place your faith in Jesus, you step into his victory, not yours. When you place your faith in Jesus, you become righteous, not on your behalf, but on his. You see. So let's live for him, and let's don't let failure dictate our destiny. Amen? Our destiny is found in Christ, the one who died for it. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this message. Father, when we look at failure, so many of us carry that around. So many of us carry it around so much and it's so heavy that we actually feel like a failure. But you tell us otherwise. Your word tells us that if we place our faith in Jesus, that we are a child of God. And you are our Father. And <laughs> you don't have failures. Help us to move beyond things that we regret and not to dwell on the past, but help us to learn from our mistakes, to get better, to be better stewards of our lives, to learn what to do and what not to do. Lord, through that, help us to glorify Jesus. Help us to share the grace of you with others. Help us to be willing to share, share our mistakes and, and incorporate them into part of our testimony. Father, help us to 
just get up. For some, that's the next step they need to take. It's just to move on. To get up after being knocked down and to realize that you are there to pick them up. They don't have to do anything in and of themselves or by themselves. That you are there with us. God, help us to understand that you have something greater in store for each and every person here. Help us to live into the destiny that you've called us to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.